I'm James Rigley. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, before I introduce today's episode, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to those of you that have been listening to the podcast. Uh, we're very quickly approaching a thousand listens across the various episodes. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Uh, today's episode is the audio taken from an interview I did with Jason Weeks. Uh, many months ago, I've been very slow in posting this one. Jason is the CEO and co-founder of a company called Vendorable uh, that helps uh, bring together or more, more a marketplace of real estate services. Uh, Jason goes to great length during this chat to explain what they do. I'll leave it to him uh, to explain it to you, uh, but I hope you get some value from this episode. Thank you. Okay, oh, we're on, we're live. It's switched on pretty quickly. Um, just got 12.30 on a, on a Friday as per my post uh, earlier on in the week. Thought I'd jump on for another lunchtime live as the, as the week slowly draws to an end, although every day seems the same at the moment. I've got Jason Weeks along to join me. Um, thanks, Jason. Thanks for spending a bit of time. Is it your lunchtime? Have you had lunch yet? I, ha- I, I haven't. I actually have next to me. It's funny. You, you asked me what would I have, have for lunch. It's like Friday seems to turn into sort of... Um, Thursday night seems to be our, our cheat night with Uber Eats. So Friday lunch ends up being leftovers. So actually, shameless plug for some Kung Pao chicken from Dumpling King in, in Glebe. You know, for those who uh, who haven't enjoyed dumplings recently, definitely uh, check them out. But yeah, no, lunchtime, Friday's lunchtime seems to be um, t- takeaway leftovers at the moment. Yeah, so. okay. As is... Um, yeah. As is, as it's turned into Saturday night, I suppose it's typical. Yeah. But we didn't prior to all of this. We didn't often get takeaway food. We just yeah. it often just be leftovers. I think from the week, and so we'd just heat up heat up the leftovers. But uh, it's become fish and chips. My my kids are, are loving the fish and chips at the moment. So we'll be at the fish and chip shop tomorrow night picking, picking up something. Yeah, yeah, I have noticed que- have noticed queues outside our fish and chip shop. They've had to put the uh, the white X's for social distancing yeah, yeah. and the masking tape outside. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, um, how about so, yourself? Yeah, so where are you? Where are you? I mean, we were just chatting before before we went live yeah. about about where you're sitting. It looks like you're hanging out in the garage. Where where are you Tran- at the moment? Trans- transmitting from from the shed, basically. Yep. No. Uh, we were chatting about where do you find somewhere quiet to to uh, work and take calls. And I think the the shed that is sort of attached and underneath our house basically is my refuge for a quiet call. And unfortunately or fortunately, the house is very vibrant with a 20-month-old son and a uh, seven-year-old, you know, going on puppy, uh, cattle dog, cross staffy. So you've got to find somewhere. One piece of advice for people to survive coronavirus is find somewhere quiet to make a call or have a video chat like this because you sort of... Um, if you're a little bit like me, you're easily distracted, and obviously, um, I'm sure you're familiar with two James. Is sort of dad, 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 dad. Is sort of yeah. a little bit of a difficult, <laughs> difficult thing to to tune out, especially if you're trying to focus. Yeah. So where where would you normally be if you weren't? If I was talking to you on a on a on a Friday, where would you normally be if you weren't bunkered down underneath well, your house? Yeah. So I mean, normally our office is obviously in the city, um, in, in uh, Martin Place, just off um, Phillip Street. Uh, yeah. That would be sort of ground ground zero. But obviously, you've got the home home office. But usually on a on a Friday, uh, the little one would be with um, with uh, his Gigi, with my my wife's mother, 
at least for a period of the day. Uh, so it would be a little bit quieter. So we might be in the home study uh, up, <laughs> up, upstairs, but that would be a little bit more attached to the house for this this call and this purpose. So yeah, yeah, yeah good one. And so what? How long have you been bunkered down at home for? Are you five or six weeks in? Yeah, so we're sort of five or six weeks in. in we were a little bit, um, I suppose, further ahead than others. I mean, I, we're, we're very lucky in that there's a lot of great-grandparents kicking around in our cohort. So my grandfather's 95, still alive. My wow. grandmother's 89, still alive. My wife's grandmother's going to be 90 this year, still alive. So we had a fair few high-risk high risk individuals yeah. in the broader cohort. So we probably... <laughs> We probably started a little bit earlier. I think we, I haven't been in the office since I think the week of the 13th of March or maybe the 12th, whatever that sort of Friday was. So, yeah, quite a while. Have it, uh, have yep. it yourself. Yeah, look, I, th I think this is week six. I, I did a video, I posted a video on, on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago now and saying, you know, as the end of week three draws to a close and I, and I spoke about about something else, and then I saw someone post something a little while after and go, hang on, it's actually week four. I'd completely lost track of how many, yeah. how many weeks it was. I think I think it's week six now. So it was just, it was. I know I remember it was the week before school holidays. So I was home once, school holidays was two weeks, plus the extra week was four. School's been back a couple of weeks. I think this is week six. But it's getting to a point now where I think I'll... I might start to venture into the office one day a week just for a bit of a change of scenery and check in with um, a few of the guys that are that are kind of rotating through the office. Like our office is, it's all locked up. You need the security pass and stuff to get in, no clients or anything. But there's four or five people going in each day, checking the mail and doing a few of the, the odd bits and pieces that's a little bit too difficult to do from home. It's certainly yep. a lot quieter there. But I think next week I'll, I'll probably go in just for a bit of change of scenery. I don't have uh, as many... Uh, uh, oh well, there's no great grandparents alive in, uh, in in my family any anymore. So we don't have quite as yeah. many vulnerable people in our family as it sounds like <laughs> doing yours. Yeah, no, we, we we'll, we'll probably start rotating through. I think sort of uh, maybe like a day a week each in the office for each of the team members just to mm. get some time to the to themselves. All, all of our team members have kids, so they're all they're all dealing with the challenge of, of working from home with regards to that as, as are their partners. So it's about like, it's the balance yeah. of making sure that you, you get fair share of time of being, you know, Mr. Dad and also working. Um, mm. But also just that quiet time to do thought work. You know, it's interesting. There's a difference between what I would describe as busy work and thought work. And yeah. you can sort of sometimes jump in and out of busy work, you know, be it customer support or, you know, for us, real estate agent support or, you know, client user support versus, say, you know, a larger grant application or a new product spec or something more strategic, you know, something more strategic that really requires, you know, what I would define as like sort of cone of silence at work. Yeah. Um, and you need, yeah, like, you need the distractions from the emails pinging, the phone ringing, and yeah. people coming in and asking questions. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to make that distinction. But yeah, I, I find exactly that too. I've struggled with being, I've struggled, struggled working at home finding that quiet space to actually do the the kind of deeper thinking work that that's required at different points in time um, rather than just being responsive to the emails and the phone calls all day yep we, we've definitely rotated uh adventures you know for exercise out of the home 
with uh, the the kid and the dog to get that quiet time. So it's sort of like everybody else everybody else vacates, but you, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then sort of you're left left there. But there's also something to be said for uh, it's Friday, and uh, although I'm although I'm sort of shamelessly representing Vendorable, so I thought, would I wear my would I wear my hoodie for a call, or should I sort of suit up? Her normal, uh, I sort of thought, oh, no, I should probably, you know, make sure I advertise the brand. But um, the brand out there for sure. But, uh, yeah, but definitely, um, definitely, there's also something to to be said for trying to maintain routines as well. Like, you know, we we sort of still try and stick to, you know, morning walks and then get ready and then you know go to work, like go to work as it were, and then alternate that. Because if you don't, then you know it's very easy to. I suppose get lost in a day and then as you described i mean it can happen anyway with natural function of client work but you can arrive at lunch and think i have no idea where the first half of my day disappeared disappeared to like that's that genuinely can happen especially if something crops up um yeah. you know work-wise that can happen those things can inject themselves into your diary but without a schedule uh or some sort of normal structure it happens any, anyway so yeah I was, I was going to say, and you, you've kind of already already alluded to it anyway, but I was going to say you found some type of routine that's that's working for for you and and your broader household in managing at the moment and young young family and all the rest of it. Yeah, the only thing I'd add is alternating primary parent what what you describe as primary parent day. So um, you know, invariably, although you can you know uh, sort of put together a, a timeline for how you want your day to go, sort of. I suppose someone has to lead on the dance card when it comes to either working or or parenting. Yeah. So we we tend to we tend to alternate that. So it's it's not that you won't get some work done during the day. It's that um, you know if you're sort of uh, on the spot, then you know you are the the lead, as it were, with regards mm. to that. I suppose it might be a little bit different if you had older sort of school age children, because obviously a lot of them are doing remote learning and like they naturally have to go to go to school on zoom or, or or whatever but you know when you compare that to younger children who would be childcare, you you know there has to be someone who's supervising uh so um, yeah. otherwise i'm sure they'd be happy to run a mark don't worry about that so. <laughs> <laughs> i bet i bet um for anyone that, that might be watching graham i can see you've left a comment there already so graham thank you for watching graham's been tuning into a few of these lives so he's in he's in the philippines of all places in, in isolation at the moment so uh bit nicer certainly i hope it's a bit nicer weather than it is down here in melbourne and i think sydney's freezing cold today too isn't it it's yeah you might know this from the jacket i was just gonna yeah. um have the hoodie but as i've just seen uh before when i was checking i think we're about eight degrees below average for this time of year so it's yeah. you know i can't can't really complain too much compared to further south but yeah Absolutely <laughs> freezing. so if anyone is watching uh, graham as i said you're there if anyone's kind of coming in and out if you've got any questions either myself or Jason, just drop them below and we'll get back to them or on the replay. But maybe, Jason, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about, about Vendorable and, you know, what the business yeah. is, what you do, how did you go about starting it, those, those kind of things. So maybe maybe kick us off with what Vendorable is and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. And feel feel free to, to interject, James, because um, maybe I'll, I'll rattle off something and I'll just skip past it. One of the curses of being a founder is that you sort of sometimes take for granted the things that you've already sort of have in your head about your business. But yeah. um, short short and sweet version is that Vendorable is a marketplace for real estate services. So we are a place that people who, you know, need to either get an agent to sell or lease a property or a valuer to value a property, those sorts of services around property 
Uh, mm. We're a marketplace to come on and find those services, then connect with them contractually, electronically, and then work with them in a workflow in the platform. So we're really sort of um, start to finish with respect to engaging and working with a, a real estate service professional. And it came about because my co-founder, who is a, a solicitor by background and still is mm. still is actually holds his practicing certificate in New South Wales, yeah. he, he worked a lot in both property and conveyancing and also in wills and estates. Mm. And he spent most of his time effectively guiding and managing his clients through a process of engaging these people because often um, you know, especially in wills and estates, when you're talking about estate administration as well, mm. um, you, you know, you, you functionally have people who don't work in this type of work day in, day out, dealing with a professional who needs a way to help people through these transaction flows. And he, you know, basically found himself living in and out of email and telephone and sort of thought, <laughs> this is really inefficient. <laughs> It'd be really nice if I actually had some way to, to manage this process uh, manage engaging these sorts of people and then by I guess by virtue of building that almost with us for himself was then like you know what this is just actually a really great business for us to be working on and I actually really enjoy this more than being a solicitor so I'm going to go and do this and so yeah. uh, about about the time that I was finishing a prior venture he said oh well, do you want to come on board and and work on this with me and my prior background had a strong focus on tendering and procurement and and sort of that focus. So that's sort of, I was very interested in best practice in this space because it's probably not unlike yourself where, um, you know, you're kind of in a trustee and a fiduciary and a guardianship relationship with someone around something that they need to do for themselves. And by the same token, you're trying to help them get the best possible outcome. You know, there's only so much you can help them as a, as a financial planner if they want to go and run off and do exactly the opposite thing. Well, you know, there's, there's um there's advice and then there's taking advice you know i'm sure yeah. there's a, i'm sure if there's any gps watching this they're probably thinking the same thing you know i've given you a diagnosis <laughs> and i've given you the treatment please just go and do it you know sort of thing so um that's where we got to and and in the time that we've been running which we sort of launched sort of softly to the market in may 2015 and really ramped up in 2017 we've had over two billion of real estate uh come through the platform wow. um both residential and commercial yeah so we, we sort of quietly sit in the background um you know as i said we we're a transaction service connector so we always like to think of ourselves more along the lines of um you order your coffee and the barista is your service provider and they give you your coffee and you tap your card and you don't really wonder how the money passes from your card and your bank account through the transaction as a, you know under agreed terms you know to the vendor and then yeah. they get their money and then, you know, all those things actually happen in the background and you don't really mind. You just want your coffee and the barista wants to really give you a coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of, you know, that that's that's the way we're happy, you know, to be that 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 platform, that marketplace and, and be the protocol behind that. So who, so who are the users? Who are the users? Is it like, you know, people dealing with estates and the like, like your, yep. your co-founder or is it you know, me that, you know, if I take off my financial advisor hat that, I own the house down the road and I need to sell it for whatever reason. Is it, like who are the who are the users going onto the platform? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I mean, there's two sort of group, bit broader groups that you would think about. So the first would be the the one that you described, which we would describe as institutional sort of users, and they would be people like solicitors and bankruptcy trustees and government departments and and those sorts of people. And they're our primary user group. Um, the secondary user group would be 
what we would describe as consumers or, or retail. And mm -hmm. they, they do wander through the platform from time to time. I suppose we, we're very um, structured in our, our products to make it useful to enterprise and those institutional users. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason we, you know, it's difficult to service the two needs. I mean, uh, we always have a funny thing. A perfect example would be mum and dad's uh, have no need for a file reference to be attached to a matter that goes, you know, the, yeah. you know, what file reference could you possibly need to sell your own house, right? But if you're yeah. dealing with hundreds of clients and files, you know, you need to be searching between the two things. So that's just like one example of where we're very much more focused on um, service professionals. But putting your sort of financial advisor hat on, or if you're in that space, you know, there's something to be said for, and you probably have seen it too, more and more, uh, you know, wealth advisors and people who have like deep accounting and, and legal expertise and, you know, taxation helping their clients. We're finding that clients are more and more, maybe less so with the family home, but certainly with investment properties or commercial property. They're looking to those people to help them actually not just sort of have a chat, but actually like facilitate those transactions. Yeah. And so yeah, that's, where, that's where we're trying to help those people use Vendorable in conjunction with their client to achieve an outcome. And that's, mm. the, that's the difference is we're finding that advisors are, be, are, are more willing to help their clients in that space and the ones who are, you know, tend to get the sort of tick of approval of their clients where it's like, well, if I have a problem, I just call James and James helps me do everything. But mm. the reality is James needs a process and a system and some way yeah. to do that and interact with them and they still have to make the decision because they're the property owner. And, that, and that's where we become in so we're finding that sort of crossover space is very much it's growing and active for us yeah. um you know not just the bigger institutional but the the smaller sort of professional services space because um you, you know as you as you know i mean a lot i talk to a lot of financial advisors and you can't give direct advice on property but um yeah. typically but everyone loves to ask their adv trusted advisor like well what do you think or can you you know, can you help me? Um, so we're one, we're one, we're one mechanism for uh, like help, I suppose, to be provided, uh, but in like a directed way without sort of creating too much risk for either side. You know, of yeah. the transaction. Yeah. Have you have you noticed any any difference in how the platform is being used or what's going through the platform in the last you know couple of months with all of this that that's going on in terms of the economy and lockdown and the rest yep. of it? Yeah, well, what I would say is I have a, uh, for those who know me, I have a, a pet peeve, which is the, the um, you know, you, you open the, and look, I love the financial review. I skim it every morning. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. um, all the reporters there are excellent. So I'll caveat that up front mm -hmm. by saying it's no small task and I don't envy it. But I, I, it's always very difficult to read, you know, property will drop by 30%, you know, and you're thinking, well, well, what property are we talking about? Because there's markets and sub-markets and commercial and residential and within commercial, there's retail and single landlord and whole building. And, you know, you start to think like, really, all of it, 30%, yeah. you know, and in, and, in, and in every suburb, you know, like, so, so you, for those who really sort of scratch below the surface, um, you know, whole of market broad-based price predictions are, are terrible. So I'll just caveat that and say, um, you know, you should be thinking about this in very different multifaceted ways. But I would say broadly a couple of things. It's like what typically happens every time, which is transaction volume shrink because uncertainty mm. grows. Um, and we, we've returned to sort of thin trading 
Um, you know, the banks have been very generous in their offers so far in terms of payment holidays, you know, pushing back deferrals, loans, um, especially in the owner-occupier market. So there's, you know, this tidal wave of forced sales that could have occurred. It, it hasn't happened as, as yet. You always caution, you know, the as yet time can tell. But obviously, like, I mean, between job seeker and job keeper and access to super up to, you know, a certain amount, like there's a whole bunch of stuff to support certain price points within the market. Um, certainly, you know, lower, lower price point, you know, owner occupier that may prevent that from happening altogether. Um, you know, commercial landlords and that sort of stuff world world of hurt if you're yeah, a single like tenant commercial property owner because yeah. you, especially if you're a sole tenant like one you know one tenant single let's say you own a factory and there's one tenant and they've just called you up and said i'm not paying rent and we've lost all of our revenue you know like that's high yeah. risk high concentration versus dexas who owns an entire building you know like that's a different story altogether with them optimizing you know tenancies and vacancies and floor plate have definitely seen for your viewers, if anyone's watching, um, you know, you start to get into where the size of the market residential wise is. So if I think about, you know, if you're living in sort of north of, you know, one, two, three, four million dollars worth of property, you know, the number of available buyers starts to shrink quicker yeah. and they're more discerning, especially, especially because, you know, going and seeing an asset and falling in love with it could, could mean it could mean a half a million dollar price point, right? And normally those are the emotional that on the day when everyone gets paddles, yeah. really be bid up, like like, yeah. like really big time versus say, if I think about, you know, $500,000, $600,000 stock where like, you know, the, the difference between someone seeing it virtually versus not, it might, you know, that might be 20, 30, 40, $50,000 worth of difference and the transaction might still occur. So you start to get that that difference on how necessary is it for me to see a property okay. you know luckily obviously australia's done a fantastic job with coronavirus and so so you know so far touchwood so good that we're starting to see some of the restrictions that impacted agents sort of throughout april you know i note western australia started to bring back you know auctions that are now potential you know on the cards as they get unwound you know you're going to start to see some some more support there in terms of things that agents can do to drum up interest because that's really you know that's really the, the the stifler at the moment is how do you as an agent drum up interest in a property when you don't have everyone else standing around and you think there's all these other buyers competing you don't you don't get that frenzy at the end creating tension but then you know and anecdotally i also have lots of people who send me data points all day long where things are selling above reserve and and couple hundred thousand here there everywhere and this is where it comes down to the idea of property i, I like to describe it as like a, a patchwork quilt i mean there are some there are some suburbs where there might only be one or two or three assets in the entire suburb changing hands in a week and that's very difficult in terms of talking about where price prices are and, and supply and demand is because yeah. if i said to you james you know oh, bhp is down x percent as a share and i, I look at it and actually what happened was you and i you know, two shares changed hands at a bus stop after hours over a, over a beer, you know, for cash. And we and we did it, you know, off market for, you know, 50% less than the share price and swung the market, you know, like that's yeah. sort of what we're talking about in terms of how yeah. thin, thinly traded some of these assets are. So I, it's difficult to, to say what, what will be interesting will be as the restrictions taper off. And so you can't point to those restrictions as a reason for less demand if it doesn't return 
then then you'll see some tension there as to well maybe there's some weakness um you know in the market yeah yeah that's an interesting yeah. point mike yeah okay yeah. Yeah. well thanks for thanks for spending some some time with me and I, I, yeah no worries We've hardly even spoken, but we're at nearly 25 minutes already. The time's just rocketed by. Um, yeah, if, if anyone's got any further questions for you, there's been a couple of people kind of jumping in and out of, of watching the live stream. If, if you might watch it afterwards, understand, you know, sitting there for 20 minutes or so on a, on a Friday might not be might not be the, everyone's everyone's greatest idea of spending spending their Friday lunchtime. Um, where can anyone reach out to you, find out any more about Vendorable? We're, obviously, we're here on linkedin at the moment but um yeah sure so i mean feel free to comment below and i have i'll happily chime in afterwards especially if they're watching it exposed on a friday afternoon um you know you can reach me i'll, I'll drop my email in the comments below you can reach out um head to vendorable.com if you want to know more but yeah very active on on linkedin and also yeah. all, always happy always happy and keen to discuss property like i said it's a it's a movable feast uh, yeah enjoyable movable feast yeah, yeah, good on you. Okay, well, thanks for thanks for spending some time today with me. Enjoy your weekend no as much. Oh, you, your restrictions are easing this weekend. Are you able to venture I think, out? Yeah, I think I think in New South Wales, I think we we're supposed to be easing. I mean, well, remains to be seen whether Bondi Beach gets packed out and then we're in trouble again and we're all sent home. So we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem. But um, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, although it's cold, so let's see. Yeah. Hopefully you stay warm down there in Melbourne. But thanks very yeah. much for having me on, James. I appreciate That's it. That's all right. Thanks, Jason. We'll chat soon. Cheers. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you don't follow me anywhere else other than here on the podcast, I am putting out content on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of those places. So if you frequent any one of those, it would mean the world to me if you'd give me a follow on one of those platforms and uh, look out for the next episode.